It has been an unexpected year, that is certainly true. Uh, we are amazed by all the different things that we've learned to do this year. Uh, we've learned how to Zoom, we've learned how to broadcast our service, we've learned how to socially distance. None of us even knew that phrase before 2020 started, and now we can't get it out of our head. But we're starting a new year. Now, things will still continue a little bit the same for a while. We know that. But we're looking forward to ways that God is going to work. I, I know that all of us are looking forward to whenever that time comes that we get back to a little bit more of normal, whatever that is. We're looking forward to that. So this new year is, is a little bit different than, than some. You know, every new year is that time. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions to, to do things, and that's all, all fine and good. But this new year feels a little bit different because we really are looking for something new. I think that's an opportunity for us as believers. I, I think your friends, your family members that, that maybe don't know the Lord... They're looking for something new. This year they've been reminded this world kind of stinks. <laughs> it just doesn't work right. <laughs> it falls apart. And they're looking for something with a little more meaning, a little more lasting value. They're looking for eternity. And we know where that is. <laughs> we know where that's found. We know who makes all things So I think we have some really good opportunities in 2021 to do some things for the Lord that we've never been able to do. I think we're going to be able to reach some people that that maybe we thought we would never be able to reach them before. I think we're going to be able to, to enter into some communities that maybe wouldn't have been receptive to the gospel before because people are looking for something different. Paul talks about that in Philippians chapter 2, where we're going to read this morning. We're going to be focusing on verses 12 and 13 today there in Philippians chapter 2. One of the things that people often do when they make New Year's resolutions, uh, they always come out with lists of, you know, what everyone's New Year's resolution is, what the most popular resolutions are. And, And always somewhere up there at the top, there is flossing my teeth. No, that's not right. <laughs> nobody puts that at the top of their list. You know, nobody puts that. Or, or right there at the top of the list, it's eating more spinach. I guarantee that's not on the top of my list. Maybe it's on the top of your list, but that's not on the top of my list. Or maybe flossing the spinach out of my teeth after I've eaten it. Maybe that's on the top of somebody's list. I, I, I don't know. But in all seriousness, one of the top resolutions is always I need to exercise more. You know, we've all said that somewhere along the way. We all realize, you know, our doctor says it to us every time we go to visit him or her. That they say, you know, you, know, you really need to get a little bit more exercise. And so every new year we, we say, oh, I'm going to be better this year. I'm going to be better about it. I'm going to get in an exercise program. I'm going to join a gym. In fact, gyms have the, the largest surge in their memberships in January. And typically that's because of all the folks that made a New Year's resolution, I'm going to get more exercise, I'm going to work out more. And so they sign up for a membership and then about six months later they they lapse because they never did quite get over there. We know how that works out. Well, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul encourages us to work out. But it's a little bit different than than heading out to the gym, and and it's much more important, as important as getting good physical exercise is. And it is important, and Paul would have said that. 
But as important as getting physical exercises, what Paul talks about here in Philippians chapter 2 is even more important. Paul challenges believers to work out their salvation. Here's how he describes it here in verse 12 of Philippians 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. This morning, as we get ready to start a new year, I want to challenge all of us. Don't miss out. God is working in you. One of the things that that this passage of Scripture says to us is that Church is more than just a spot in a pew. Now, well, they didn't have pews in, in, in Paul's day, or maybe they did. I, I don't know. But, but you get the idea. Paul, in this chapter, has just finished describing how Christ was completely obedient to the Father's will. How he humbled himself. He, he came into our world. He sacrificed himself for us. And now, because of his sacrifice, Paul gives that great statement that one day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's just an amazing passage that's in verse 6 through 11. I'd I'd encourage you to read that uh, sometime today. That's just some phenomenal statements that Paul makes about what Jesus did for us, about what we just celebrated as we celebrated Christmas, as we celebrated Christ coming into the world with that uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 11 describes why, what he actually accomplished. It's an amazing passage. But, but what Paul's focusing on is how Christ was obedient to the Father's command. But what does that mean for us? I mean, we're thankful that Jesus did all of that. We're glad that he did that for us. We, we praise him for doing all of that. But what does that mean for us right now? How does that mean that, what does that mean for my life? Well, Paul answers that question in the next passage. There, verse 12, he says, therefore, and the therefore is referring to all of that that he just said, all of those amazing statements that he's just made about the obedience of Christ. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, it's important to understand what Paul's not saying here. He is not in any way, shape, or form giving any implication that somehow we work out to gain our salvation or that in any way we contribute to our salvation. Uh, Paul's pretty explicit about that in, in other places, other letters that he has written. He says very clearly in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, he says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Paul's really clear about this. Our salvation is from Jesus alone. He warns others in the book of Galatians and and elsewhere. He warns about those that would add anything to the process of salvation that would try to add any kind of work or any kind of steps or any kind of anything other than Christ and Christ alone. He's very, very specific about that. We don't gain a place before God because we're good enough. We are saved 100%. 
through the grace of Jesus Christ alone. But right after Paul makes that very familiar statement in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, that, that we are saved by grace alone, he then provides the same truth that he's talking about here in Philippians. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and again, that's right after that statement where it says, For by grace your faith, faith, this is not of yourselves, this is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. He's just said that, and then in verse 10, this is what he says. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So hear what Paul's saying. Paul's saying that the only way that we're saved is through receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can't be good enough to get into heaven. We can't do enough good works. We can't go to church enough. can't read the Bible enough. can't give money to the poor enough. There's nothing that we can do that will, will gain us salvation that is only through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. But why did Jesus do that on the cross? Well, he has done that so that we can be what God created us to be. We're his workmanship. He fashioned us. He made us. And he created us so that we could do good works. Or as Paul puts us here in Philippians chapter 2 verse 11, he says, so that we can work out our salvation. Oh, so, so getting saved is not just so that I can slide into heaven. <laughs> it's not just so that I can sign a card and say, yes, I'm receiving Christ as my Savior, and then I'm good to go. I'm headed to glory, and I don't really need to do anything about it now. Well, you are completely saved once you've received Christ as your Savior, but He saved you for a purpose. He saved you so that you can do what you could have never accomplished before. You can live out who you were created to be. Now, you're fully saved. You're 100% going to heaven. You can't add to that. But, boy, you can do some incredible, amazing, wonderful things. Serving in the kingdom of Christ. And so that's what Paul is writing to the Philippian believers. He's saying, okay, you're saved. You know the Lord. You're going to heaven. You have eternal life. You have complete forgiveness. But God didn't just do that so you could just kind of hang out. God did that so that you could do his work. So that you could be involved in his kingdom process. You have a purpose. You have a reason for being. There's meaning in your life. Tremendous meaning. This isn't just for one day in heaven. It's not just for one day in the sweet by and by. We're saved to serve Christ right now. Today. In whatever's left of 2020 and into 2021. One time when I, I was in school, my teacher let me help her grade some exams, some tests that we had taken. And I always wondered, I mean, there were, I don't know, 32 kids in our class, something like that. And I always wondered, you know, how she went through all 32 of those tests and graded all of them. That just seemed like that would be a really boring thing to do. <laughs> Plus, it would be kind of hard to have to read through every question and see what it was answer was. And she showed me the secret. She, she had the test printed out, and you know, all the questions were there, and, and, and she usually did multiple choice uh, uh, questions where you would know, have the question and have A, B, C, and D, and you'd, you'd mark the one that was the, the answer that you thought was right. She had this answer key, 
that she had cut out the boxes for each of the answers. So she'd take the test, she'd put this answer key on top of the test, and then she'd say, okay, any of them that there's not a check in that little box? Mark that one wrong. So that's how you do this. It was simple. Once you have the answer key, you just put it on there, and you could tell immediately, okay, got that one right, got that one right, got, oops, didn't mark that one. I learned why people want to be a teacher. There was just a great feeling of taking that red marker and going, such a feeling of power. <laughs> Living for Christ isn't meant to be a cookie-cutter existence. Don't get me wrong this morning. We, we're all gifted by the Lord in very unique and, and, and wonderful ways. We're all uh, gifted through His gifts of the Holy Spirit, through the talents that He instills in our life in very specific areas where some of us are really, really good in this and some of us are really, really good in that. We, we have different ways that, that, that God uh, uh, is working in us. But there are areas in our life where very quickly we can see, am I working out my salvation? And again, remember, that's not gaining my salvation. If I've accepted Christ as my Savior, I'm already saved. This working out, is, I guess maybe an image would be like we were, you know, we were talking about exercising a minute ago. Maybe that's the imagery that would be good here. This working out is not just sitting around you know, waiting for glory. This working out being involved. It's knowing that we're saved, knowing that we're going to heaven. And because Christ has done this for us, then we're going to work out. We're going to get stronger. We're, we're, we're going to continue to serve Him even more today than we did yesterday because of all the wonderful things that He's done for us. So, there are some, some ways that we can look in our life, each of us as believers, and we can see, am I working out my salvation? There, there are some, there's an answer key to that. There's a way to, to tell, okay, am I, am I doing the things that, that I need to be doing so that I can be moving forward in, in those areas where God has gifted me so I can be using those gifts and talents in the way that God wants me to use them? There's some ways to do that. It's been variously described, but Tom Rainer used to be the, the president of, of Lifeway. Now he's retired, but, but at any rate, he developed six indicators of true discipleship. That's what he calls them, six indicators of true discipleship. This is kind of the answer key that you can put over your life and say, okay, am I, am I working out my salvation? Am I, am I growing in the Lord? These are six areas in our life that every believer can look at and, and kind of see, okay, am I doing that? Okay, I did that well. Am I doing that? Yeah, I'm doing that. Whoops, I haven't done that one. Here they are, six keys of discipleship. Number one, read and study the Bible daily. Every one of us as believers needs to get out the Bible, look in His Word, Daily. That needs to be a constant thing that we're doing. Always looking through. So that's number one. Read and study the Bible daily. Number two, be a part of a regular Bible study group. It is vitally important that we individually read the Scripture together, but it is also vitally important that we be a part of a group. That's why we have the Bible study classes that we have, the Sunday school classes and the life group classes. It's why we have turned over backflips this year, doing all kinds of online stuff, learning how to do the Zoom thing and putting stuff on Facebook and putting stuff on our website because we know how vital it is for every believer to be involved with 
a group of people. Uh, being involved in a, in a large worship time like this, this is important. This is vital. We need to do this. This is a big part of our life. But we need that time with that small group that we've got some good friends and folks that can, that w- where we can sharpen our axe, so to speak. You know, That's what the Bible says. Iron sharpens iron. Well, that's what happens in that small group. We sharpen each other. And that's vitally important to be a part of that small group. So that's the second one. Read the Bible daily. Then be a part of a regular Bible study group. Number three, share your faith on a regular basis. Now, we all know that we need to do that. We all know we need to be telling people about the Savior, but boy, sometimes that's a hard one for us to kind of figure out what to do. So we're going to be doing some things in 2021 to help you. We're going to be doing some things in 2021 to help you find some very simple ways that anybody can share their faith with a friend, a neighbor, uh, anybody. We're, we're going to be doing some things in 2021 that are going to help you to do that. We've tried to do that in some ways before, but we're, we've got some new ways that I think you'll be excited about that will help you to do this, to find some ways to regularly be sharing your faith. I know for, for a lot of us that's a scary thing, and we're going, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, you do. This is easy. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, you will never have a more exciting experience as a believer than when you lead somebody else to Christ. And I haven't been to heaven yet, so I don't know. But I think when you get to heaven, there will be nothing more exciting than having somebody come up to you and give you a big old hug. Because we won't have to worry about hugging people in heaven anymore because there's no more viruses. So they're, they're going to give you a big old hug and thank you for telling me about Jesus. I'm here because you told me about Jesus. Wow. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. So that, that's a big one. It's, it's kind of hard, for, but that's a big one. And it's a third way to kind of check. It's that third checkbox. Sharing your faith on a regular basis. So we've got reading the Bible daily, being a part of a regular Bible study group, sharing your faith on a regular basis. Number four, generous with giving. Now, like I mentioned a moment ago, wow, what a blessing has been to me to see how amazingly faithful you have all been in giving this year. When it was difficult, it was not easy to give your tithes and offerings to the Lord this year. You had to work to do it, and you did it. You did it. So that's an amazing thing. But the amazing thing about giving is, as we give, and again, the reason we're giving, God doesn't need our money. He's got all he needs. He doesn't need that. But we need it. We need to do that to recognize that everything that we have is a gift from God then we're not giving him anything that he hasn't already given us. And so that generous giving is, is vitally important in our walk with the Lord. Number five, attend worship at least once a week. See, you're right on board with that one already. <laughs> you can check that box this morning. You did that. And it is important. Like I mentioned a moment ago, gathering together with other believers, worshiping the Savior. Wow, that is so vital. In our walk with the Lord. So that is so important to have that weekly time that we gather together and publicly proclaim Jesus is Lord. That is absolutely essential. And then finally, number six, consistently involved in ministry and mission. As I mentioned before, everybody has different talents. Everybody has different gifts. Everybody has different strengths. But whatever your gift or talent or strength might be, God can use that. For his glory. There are ways to use whatever it is that you're gifted in doing. God can use that. 
for His glory. And that's an important thing in our life as we're, we're walking with Him. Now again, every individual is different, but these six things, reading the Bible, being part of a Bible study group, regularly sharing your faith, generous in giving, consistently attending worship, and involvement in ministry and mission, they're all good indicators. As you look over your life and you see those areas where, yeah, I'm doing that, but uh, I haven't been sharing my faith quite like I, I ought to. I need to work on that one. Yeah, I've been sharing my faith, but... Uh, I hadn't really been involved in ministry and mission as much as I would like to be. I need to figure out a way to use some of the talent. As we look at our life, and this is not to make us feel guilty. That's not what this is about. This is about growing in the Lord. This is about seeing Him work in some amazing ways in our life. This is what Paul is describing as working out your salvation. Again, it doesn't earn your salvation by doing any of these six things. You could do all six and be amazing and go straight to hell when you die. (laughs) Because none of them will save you. It's only Jesus Christ that saves. But once we know the Lord, doing these six things in our life, it helps us to grow in Him. It helps us to serve Him. And you will never be more fulfilled than when you're serving the Lord. Now someone might look at that list and think, well, I'm doing all that stuff. Some people might look at that list and say, well, how in the world am I going to do any of that? (laughs) The answer to both questions, and if you're between those two ends of the spectrum, the answer for you is exactly the same. And Paul gives the answer in that next verse, verse 13. He says, God is working in you. This is the extraordinary thing when we know Jesus. God himself is at work in us. Paul reminds the Philippians of this amazing truth. He he issues this challenge. You should be working out your salvation with fear and trembling, he says there in verse 12. And then he reminds us, this is how you do it. There in verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Paul puts the emphasis where it needs to be. The the emphasis in this equation is not on us. The emphasis is on God. See, sometimes we get this thing, well, well, I got to do this. And then we just burn ourselves out. You know, well, I got to be involved in this program at church. And then I got to be involved in this ministry. And then I got to do this. And then I got to do that. Boy, I'm worn out. I'll try to do it. That's not how we get it done, because you do it that way, you're going to wear out. You are going to absolutely wear out. If you try to do this on your own strength, you'll never make it. But Paul is not saying that we should do it in our own strength. God is not telling us, hey, you need to get to work down there. Bunch of lazy bums, get up there and do something. God's saying, I'm in you. I'm right there. I want to work in you. All you got to do is be willing. I'll do all the heavy lifting. I'll do everything that you need. I'm right there inside of you. My Holy Spirit, right there living in your life. I just need you to be willing. God steps in and does what we cannot. He works in us. We are saved by the grace of Christ through His sacrifice on the cross. We live through the strength of Christ in the presence of His Holy Spirit in us. 
And one day we'll stand before God. Covered by the righteousness of Christ that He has freely given us in His grace. Wow, that'd be a terrible thing to waste. God is at work in you. God is ready to do great things through you. Don't miss out on what God's doing. Uh, We went down to Waco, Texas to meet my sister and brother-in-law. This has been a few months back. We were going down to visit. and They live way out in East Texas. I said, well, we'll just meet you in Waco. So I said, okay, we'll we'll meet you there. So, So we did that. And while we were there, yes, Marcia made me go to the silos. Now, some of you don't know what that is, but a lot of you do. That's the Magnolia Silos. That's where uh, Chip and Joanne Gaines that, that started the Fixer Upper TV show and now are starting their own network next year. They, they, their empire is located right there in, in Waco, Texas. And this, this silos is they took an old silo that was there in downtown Waco and was an ugly eyesore, and they made it really nice. And so anyway, Marcia said she wanted to go to that, so I said, okay. And so so we, we, we went on and go there, and, and we get there. And one of the guys that was on the show, his name's Clint Harp. And those of you that watch the show know who that is. He's the carpenter guy that makes some of the stuff. He, he was standing outside. And he said hi. And, you know, we said hi. <laughs> Walked on in. And, and, and we looked around. And, you know, there was some kind of stuff going on. And, and so Marsh says, they're here. They're here. Clint, Clint and Joanne, they're here. Chip and Joanne, they're, they're right here. You stay out here and watch them. Make sure we don't miss them. Because she wanted to go in the store and, and shop. So being the dutiful husband that I am, I stood out there in downtown Waco on the street watching for Chip and Joanne. So I'm standing out there on the, on the sidewalk. And I did notice there was a lot of security guys around. A lot of guys with walkie-talkies and you know, wearing black. And you know, a couple of them had guns. And I was going, wow, you know, something must be going on. These guys really are famous. <laughs> They've got this kind of protection around. So, so I was watching everything that was going on. But, but I never did see the... Chip and Joanne, the stars of the show, I never, I never did see any of that. Didn't even really see any TV stuff happening. So, so finally, I, I texted March and said, I, you know, I hadn't seen anything. I, I don't know if they're here or not. And she said, they're not, but did you see Laura Bush come in? <laughs> oh, these security guys, they're secret service guys protecting the president's wife. And they're all watching the weirdo out on the sidewalk that's hanging around looking at everything. (laughs) Lucky I didn't wind up in federal custody that day. All that time, I was watching for the wrong thing. I was watching for Chip and Joanne. And the president's wife literally walked about 10 feet from where I was because she came in. I finally saw the car when she drove in. About 10 feet from where they walked in. I could have said howdy to the president's wife. But I was watching for the wrong thing. What Paul is saying here in Philippians chapter 2 is don't make that mistake spiritually in life. In 2021, we can be focused on a lot of stuff. We can be focused on on making more money. We can be focused on becoming a, a, a greater success in whatever our field of endeavor might be. We can be uh, focused on becoming popular. We can be focused on happiness. We can be focused on our family. We can be focused on a lot of things. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of those. There's nothing wrong with being successful in your business. There's nothing wrong 
with, with raising your family and, and caring for them. There's nothing wrong with being popular, with having good friends. There's nothing wrong with any of that unless any of those things takes your primary focus off of Jesus. Because if we're watching any of those things and have taken our eyes off of Jesus, we're watching the wrong thing. And so Paul says, keep your eye on the Savior. Again, in verse 13, he says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good Purpose. What's God doing in your life today? Well, if you know Christ, He's doing something. He's at work in you. Is He at work in you, encouraging you to share your faith with maybe a family or a friend? Is He at work in you to maybe spend some more time with Him in prayer? Is He at work in you enabling some gift or some talent that you have in your life. And he's put a little seed, a little thought in your head that you say, you know, if I just did this in a slightly different way, I might actually be able to leverage that to to do some work for the kingdom of God. And you've been kind of rolling that around the back of your head, but you've never actually done it. Well, that rolling around in the back of your head, (laughs) that's God at work in you. I don't know what God's going to do through you in 2021. I don't know what God's going to do through National Heights Baptist Church in 2021. But what I do know is He is at work. I don't want to miss out. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Heavenly Father, you're at work in us. Wow. That is an amazing recognition. If we don't get anything else out of this passage this morning, let us realize that you're working in us. There is not a single one of us here this morning or watching online. There's not a single one of us that you're not working in our life. There's not a single one of us that is useless in your kingdom. There's not a single one of us that does not have some gift or some talent or some ability that you can use for your good purpose. So God, encourage us today. It's been a rough year. There's been a lot of challenges. We're entering into a new year. We're looking forward to a better day. But God, we don't want to just have a more comfortable existence. We want to see you work. And God, that's my prayer this morning as we end this year, as we move into 2021, that we will see you work at National Heights Baptist Church. That we will see people coming to know you as their Lord and Savior. That we will see Christians coming into our fellowship, growing in their walk with you. That we will see children and moms and dads and, and, and grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunts and everything in between. That we will see folks How you're working in them. God, we're excited to be a part of your kingdom. Don't let us lose our focus. Help us to keep our focus squarely on you. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Uh, Maybe you're here, and as this year comes to an end, you've recognized something. You've recognized, wow, there's something missing in my life. And, And I hadn't really been able to put my finger on it, but all of a sudden, all the pieces have come together for you. And you realize what's missing in your life is you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And maybe you don't even really know exactly what that is, but you, you know, hey, I've tried everything else and nothing else has worked. Maybe Jesus can make a difference in my life. And we want to help you with that this morning. Because I want to tell you something. Jesus won't just make a difference in your life. He'll change your life. He will transform you. He will, the Bible describes it, you once were dead, but you're now alive. In Jesus, that's a pretty big transformation, I would say. Well, Jesus can do that in your life today, and we want to help you with that. You may be wondering, well, how do I do that? Well, we want to help you. Well, normally what we would do, we'd invite you to come here to the front, and we'd sit down with you and show you in the Scripture how very simply, by faith, you can trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Just ask Him to forgive your sin. Just say, Lord, I can't do this, but I know you can. So I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. It's not hard But it's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. But since we can't physically sit down with you because of all the virus stuff, we've made a way that we can still do that with you. If you're here with us personally, there's a physical card right there in the pew rack before you. It says connection card on there. If you're watching us online, there's a digital version of that same card. It's at nationalheights.org backslash hello. And that links on Facebook and on our website and other places you're watching this. But on that form, you can give us some contact information. And then down at the bottom, there's some places where you can check some different decisions that you have. You just check the boxes. I want to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And we will be in touch with you to just describe to you exactly how you can follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Maybe there's some other way that God's working in your life. Maybe you're looking for a church home. We would love to have you as a part of what God's going to be doing at National Heights in 2021. And we can share with you how you can be a part of that. Maybe there's some other things going on in your life. There's some other decisions that you can check. And we'd be glad to get some information to you about those. Or maybe you just have a prayer request. Maybe you've got something going on in your life. And you would really appreciate some other believers praying with you. And we would be honored to do that. So for those of you here, that's on the back of that connection card. There's a place for you to write down a prayer request. For those of you watching online, it's down at the very bottom of that form. You can just type in your request and send that to us. We would be very honored to pray with you. Whatever it is that God is challenging you with today, I invite you to listen to him. Boy, don't miss out in 2021. God is at work in you.